0: Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Javier Mendez on the show from Dubai. Uh, my very good friend, longtime training uh, coach, myself, for my career. Now he's training the boys in, in Dubai, Habib, Islam, and Umar, for their fight on October 24th at the UFC 254. Uh, this is a continuation of the team, a.k.a. Team Habib series. Uh, Javier is going to give some insight on their training camp in Dubai. Uh, how they're doing, how they're feeling, how they're looking, going into their fight, uh, what he's expecting. We're going to break down some stuff. So it should be a very good podcast Uh, due to scheduling concerns and changes and All the differences that's going on over there. A lot of the guys are going to Abu Dhabi now from Dubai. As Habib and all the guys uh, had their fight camp in Dubai, they're now going to Abu Dhabi. So it changed the schedule up a little bit. So we're going to bring bring on Hav right now. Then we're going to bring Islam on next. And then Habib after that. So anyway, let's talk to Javier. Javier, welcome to the show. Again, my favorite guest. Again and
1: again and again.
0: My favorite guest. Always.
1: When am I going to come back after this one? Uh,
0: <laughs> right after. I'm going to call you as soon as we hang up. It's <laughs> just, okay. just to continue. Cool. We have the best conversations after. How, how are you doing? How are you doing, man? How's everything going? How, how's all the, the training going with the guys and everything?
1: Uh, it's, been, it's been a chore. It's been a chore for sure. Uh, first time for me to run the team. I never ran their team. You know, last time I was here. I was the second. You know, the father was running the team. This time, I'm running the team. So it's been a chore. Um, there's things have gone on that shouldn't have gone on, and there's some great things and some bad things, like in all camps.
0: Yeah, of you course. You know, um,
1: but it, it's been it's been a chore, but but it's been uh, uh, well received, and and uh, the amenities we've had, you know, at the NAS training center complex and the sport arena is, is second to none. It's the best. Training facilities in the world. Yeah, you know, so we have a lot of a lot of great great facility training.
0: Before I get back to that and the guys, real fast, I want to say you look really good. Obviously, you're you're obviously training and eating good. It seems like I'm seeing photos and videos of you training with the guys, and you look better than ever. So, how's your training going?
1: My my eating's going bad, real bad. Really, really? Real bad. But my training is going uh, really good. I'm averaging about an hour and a half a day to myself. Right. which i've never done that since I, you know i'm not of course i'm not training like when i was fighting but but at the very same time i'm not training like i've ever trained after i quit fighting so this is the most training i've ever done and uh i actually i gained weight i didn't lose weight but my clothes are fitting a lot looser even though i gained weight well obviously you know we know what the result is there you know i put on some muscle
0: Do you gain better weight because you look good man
1: yeah i think so i think yeah because my my clothes is really loose now my sheet t-shirts for my t shirts would bulging out. Like this shirt would be like, you know, at the very end, you know, and now it's really loose. <laughs> Feels like a, a double XL instead of XL, you know?
0: You got to get you some more AK Thailand shirts in different sizes now.
1: Yeah, well, somebody can't send
0: shit to me, so I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's, can't a, wait for, it's a pandemic. Can't wait for it's not like I control the worldwide virus pandemic. I can't even get customers. Yeah. How am I supposed to send shirts? I
1: got, I got one cool AKA bright orange, like, you know shirt i did bring it with me and i do have some pictures it's pretty cool but that's oh, it nice. just one thank you very much but i don't even uh, remember having a orange one.
0: shirt so maybe you just washed yes, it man. with some orange clothes <laughs> you probably have the only <laughs> one so how so how is the ufc and the uae treating you overall is it is it a good experience being over there in a fight camp like a full fight camp with the full guys with uh in the uae and with the ufc
1: yeah, as far as the UAE, the treatment—it's like unbelievable. The people are fantastic. The camps got mishaps, you know, but but as far as the people and the amenities, oh my gosh, you couldn't ask for a better situation than what we have here. You could not ask for a better training situation. No way, we yeah. we got it down packed, you know. But but you know, there's just things that have gone on in the camps that that like in all camps go things go sideways and. and Things unforeseen, things known and unknown, you know, just you know, but at the end of the day, you're still there to fight, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a new place to do an entire fight camp. Are they doing good about dividing everybody up? Like where you're at in Dubai right now, compared to where like I'm just using I know we got three guys fighting on the card on the two on two five four October twenty fourth, but just using Habib as an example, are they doing a good job of breaking up uh Justin and Habib as far as different locations that they're training at, or are they just in the same location but just different times? or how, how does that work with the different teams? Well,
1: I don't know yet because we're not, we're not in Abu Dhabi yet. We're still in Dubai. And I believe when we go to Abu Dhabi, I believe we're going to be quarantined. We're all going to be sequestered in our own room right. for two days. So I can't be around Habib. I can't be around anybody just by myself and, and until they give us clearance. We've been uh, doing COVID tests about every three days or so. I've had about eight tests already. Jeez. Since I've been here this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's going to be pretty rough, I think, because, you know, you can't do your normal thing. But in, in uh, Dubai at the present time, we can go wherever we want to go. It's just we stick together and we try not to shake people's hands. We, we knuckle up, if anything. Uh, Habib is not allowed to take pictures with anybody because we've got to protect them like a bubble. You know, it's too dangerous. You know, as you know, everybody's getting COVID and we can't afford for him to get it. So I, and uh, even though fans, I mean, they have yeah, to try to understand that he's not available for photos, even no matter what, because no one's safe, you know, and even I'm kind of not really available for photos, even though I do take some, I shouldn't be because it is risking it. Because if I get contracted, he can. I mean, look what's gone on with me in my San Jose gym. Two of my other guys got it. One got it in, in, in Vegas, you know, when he went to Vegas, yep. he got it probably on the plane or who knows, whatever. He got it. He's out of his fight. And I have two other guys that just got it. And they're out of their fights, you know. And uh, even the, the Cristiano, the greatest soccer player in the world, he just got it. So, yeah. you know, this thing is, you know.
0: It's going around.
1: Everybody, man. It's just, you just have to be careful. And, and uh, I don't know what you're going to do about it. Uh, I mean, it is it is what it is, you know. And, and uh, you do everything you can to prevent it. You still get it. For God's sake, our own president got it and his wife. How, and how does he get it? Our own president? Come on, dude. Who's if they're not taking care of him properly? Who is? Yeah, and you no, know nobody's are Doing the best job on him, and he got it.
0: But for like, I meant by for Gage and his team and the other the other camps and stuff, are they all still located in Dubai, or or some of them in Abu Dhabi? Like in other words, like how are they dividing up all the different people that are fighting each other? That, that's what I'm talking about. Are you running into each other, or is it like completely separate and you're just kind of on your own?
1: No, we're on our own because we're, we're not here in the UFC's dime. We're here. We're okay. here on on. Uh, Time. No, okay. It has nothing to do with the UFC. So everybody UFC, else is in Abu Dhabi. No, everybody else. The UFC is not going to take care of you for two weeks, dude. <laughs> they, they don't do that. They're going to take care of their normal one week, six days out. That okay, They're on their dime then. But no, we're not on their dime. and No one else is on their dime. They don't do that. Gotcha. You know that. You, when you were fighting, they never took care of you outside of that, unless it's in your contract. Right. If not, you got to be No, I don't know where Gage is at. As far as I know, Gage is probably still not in – abu dhabi yet because you know again he'd have to pay his own stuff and why would he
0: so habib just set up set up the whole camp ahead of time just to do his whole camp there with all you guys and completely separate
1: yeah we discussed it way beforehand uh because of the covid that he was i told him i didn't want him come to to san jose aka i said not this camp. there's too many too many uh, you know and come on man u.s is the number one culprit for covid out of any any uh, uh country, you know, so we were at the highest and why do I want to bring my guy in a bad situation like that, knowing full well that he had a sweet situation over here like nobody.
0: Right, you know, of course yeah, they love him. So he
1: knew that all his training partners was all he needed. I mean he's got some of the best training partners in the world. Yeah so all the guys. He didn't need he didn't need San Jose. He, he didn't need San Jose at all. He just very comfortable in AKA San Jose, but he didn't need us. Yeah. You know, he has his own to do.
0: Yeah, does, for you as a coach, uh, what what difference does it make having someone like Chandler coming in, possibly in case like Gagey does fall out or whatever, be an opponent versus someone like Tony being uh, the back guy? Considering he only lost to Gagey, was on a twelve fight win streak, he would seem to be the 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 choice. I mean, I know Chandler came in and they're trying to do something with him, whatever. But you as a coach, wh- what difference does that make for you having someone like Chandler on the side? possibly as an opponent here at short notice like this versus someone like uh tony ferguson if, if they were to bring him in and have him be in the in the holding dock.
1: well i think from the fans perspective tony would be the more logical uh, approved bet I would you think, know yeah. but from uh you know if you listen to habib's interview he, he thinks tony needs to get a win for him to, to even come back into the picture and if, if he feels that that tony tony might not be at his best anymore. So yeah, um, it is what it is. It's Chandler and his. But from a fan's perspective, I would think that they still would want Tony. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I if you had a vote, Chandler or Tony, I'd almost think ninety nine point nine percent Tony.
0: Yeah, that would that would be a big yeah yeah. For sure, 100%. Do you think that Habib still wants to fight Tony, depending on if he does get his... I mean, not looking past Gaethje, of course. You can't look past Gaethje in, in, in whatever the situation. But since that fight was supposed to happen so many times and it never did, is there? do you think there's a part of, of Habib that just wants to fight him no matter what, at some point, if he deserves it and, and he gets his right, um, and they just are in a position to fight each other, just to just to close that chapter, considering it's been open so many times, more than any fight, I think, in the history of the UFC?
1: Yeah, it's really funny about all those questions people ask me. <laughs> I never talked to him about who he wants to fight. Never. Yeah, he never we about just him. train for the fighter. So, you know, what I'm saying is not really from what him and I talked about, it's from what I'm thinking. And it's not from talking to him, it's just yeah. what I'm thinking, you know. And, and, and I would have to say, based on what I read, I would say that he's closed that chapter, you know, and he's moved on to the new horizon. And, you know, if we can get by Gagey, which is not going to be an easy task in itself. Because he's very, very tough. Absolutely. And if we can't figure out the AG puzzle, we could can have a problem in our hands, you know. So yep. we have to stay focused on that. But but I would think that uh, anybody else outside of GSP, you know, from this fight on is is not important to him.
0: And I know you probably don't. I mean, y'all probably haven't talked a lot about it. But just I'm going to ask Habib as well when we do the podcast. But. Do you like? I know he shut down Conor uh, completely from what what the interviews and uh, news media is saying as far as not wanting to fight him or do the Ultimate Fighter. And that was the kind of surprise that Dana had was to have him possibly do the Ultimate Fighter with Conor. Do you think, just from from knowing uh, Habib, would he be game for even doing the Ultimate Fighter? Say it could have been, or say it is G- GSP or any like anybody, like not necessarily a specific opponent. Do you think he's the type that would enjoy even doing something like that, or probably just stick to fights? I. I think
1: that it's a good opportunity for him, and I think personally, if if Connor does fight Dustin, they does go through, and he does win, or or Dustin wins, and, the, and then they offer Dustin the Ultimate Fighter and Habib, I think he'll take it. Yeah. I think he will because I think he believes that Dustin is the number two toughest guy. being yep. to be engaging number one, Dustin number two. So Habib is, wants to be thirty and zero or, or higher. I think thirty and zero, and he wants to quit. You know who knows what will happen, but he wants thirty and zero for darn sure. So I would think, what better way to go than to beat the toughest guy instead of getting an easy opponent? He wants the toughest guy, and to me, GSP would be the toughest guy. That's yeah. why he wants that fight. And uh, I think that uh, if Connor beats Dustin, then I think the UFC puts that fight together. I believe Habib will be take it because he would have felt that on that Connor earned that that fight. And I think, personally speaking, that's why I think. And I could be wrong because I don't talk to Habib. Right. I. Th- that Connor's thinking that, hey yeah, I beat Dustin. I took out all the contenders. Now you have to fight me. And if you did. want to fight your you next one. If you don't you get your GSP, you have to fight me. Even though Connor's saying he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao, which will be way more money for him if he can manage to get that. But I think the the doors are open for for a big, big giant payday for Connor regardless. And uh the door's hundred percent open if we get by Gagey, the, the the huge monster payday for Habib on the next fight.
0: Yeah, you would think, I mean, as big as GSP is and as big of a super fight as that is, and, like, that's always been a a huge super fight for anybody, I still can't imagine there being a bigger uh, ultimate fighter or bigger super fight than him and Connor, though. Like, that that would be, if Connor beat Poirier and deserved his spot, I think that would still even be bigger than GSP versus Habib just because GSP's had that time off and people's going to question the age. And another question I want to ask you, too, is what do you think about Conor taking that fight? I was really surprised. I had a lot of respect for him for taking it because, I mean, that's a legit fight to take. I did not think Conor was going to take a fight like Poirier in a, in a legit UFC fight like that.
1: Well, for me, uh, I think that, that uh, because Conor's so great with the media and, and, and he does it, he, for him it doesn't matter. Bad press, good press, it all equates to stardom for him. So he's going to do whatever he can. So he's going to press Habib's buttons. You know damn well if that comes through. So that because of that, that'll be huge. Where GSP is such a gentleman, he's incapable, incapable of stirring up the crap and and causing people to tune in. Connor is going to screw it up every which way possible to get people to tune in. That's what he does. That's what he's a master of. I wish he wouldn't do the things he does, but that's who he is. That's what he's going to do. So I think that, uh, yeah, I think you're correct. I think that uh, Connor, Connor, and him would be monster beyond anything, you know, if that was to be offered. Uh, yeah, and GSP would be huge, but I don't think it would be as big, just like you're saying. I don't think so.
0: And are you, surp- are you surprised with him taking the Poirier fight? And how do you see that fight going, considering I'm surprised because he would be jumping in against the number two guy like that, next to Gaethje, obviously.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I see him jumping. He'll jump against anybody. Yeah. man. come on, dude. He's proven it now. For sure. You know, he he doesn't care. He he's a warrior, man. He'll fight, and and I I give him uh, I give him three to one to win in that one. Uh, he's definitely my favorite to win that fight. I, if they do put it together, which it looks like they're going to, and if they put it at a Cowboy Stadium, which would be great, yeah, that'd be huge. I, I get at least twenty thousand people in there because of the way the Cowboy Stadium's set up. I believe if they can pull it off, uh, I think uh, he would be the favorite now, guarantee because Dustin. I mean, man, you, you don't overlook Dustin. No yeah, way, for sure. He is tough as they come and as good as they come.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking, going back to the fame and and when you say well, Habib can't take photos now because of the COVID, how big is Habib now? Like you, you hang out with him all the time. I haven't seen him in a long time, but. Compared to like celebrity levels uh, of other celebrities and things like that, how big is it walking around with Habib? Like, how big is he really as a celebrity? It's huge, as huh? Big as,
1: as big as they come. As big as as big as the stars that come in this area. As big as they come. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they come any bigger. Uh, they really don't. I mean, he's so so popular, but he doesn't walk around anywhere. We're not we're not anywhere where the public's at with him. He's always got two highly uh, trained police officers that are uh, in staying by his room uh, outside his room so no one can get to him and no you, you know he he's as big as they come man big as athlete as they come man. and forget about you know this this sport that sport no he's just as big as they come
0: how is it how is it for you and your life change i mean obviously i know but I mean, being, coming from being one of the best trainers in the world and still being that best trainer in the world, but now with all this fame added on, you're you're a superstar. You're the most famous trainer in and, and one of the biggest sports in the world. Like, how has that, that changed your life as far as when you walk around and, and your just day-to-day life in general?
1: Uh, for me, it's it's uh, here. If the, the, in, in Dubai, they don't recognize trainers that much. So, so I'm very... Uh, uh, it's easy for me. I do get stopped. But not like, not like Russia, not like Dagestan, not like Uzbekistan. That's a whole different level for me.
0: Right. They respect um, the coaches. Here, obviously. here
1: it's, it's yeah. They hey, coach, how you doing, coach? And very respectful. Uh, but remember, uh, because of COVID, uh, especially where we're at, uh, there's hardly anybody here in the hotel, so we're not amongst a lot of people. So that in itself, and I'm not out in the public. So that in itself, uh, I don't know what kind of impact I have. I know when I was here last year. And we went to the weigh-ins. Uh, it was crazy for me. It was unbelievably crazy. I've never had that kind of attention at our weigh-ins. Never. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like unbelievable. It was everybody everywhere flagging me down. I, and I couldn't even get out of there. It, it was nuts, you know. So obviously, because of Habib, I'm very popular in the UA, you know, and they received me really well. But for me, it's easy right now because they don't recognize me. Most people don't recognize me. we got the, the masks and
0: everything yeah, too, yeah. so...
1: It's been fairly easy. Not many people either. So combination of they don't recognize me, and combination of there's not that many people here.
0: Right. Yeah, I see y'all doing some fun stuff. It seems like y'all are having a good time. It seems like a fun camp. You know, it's always been kind of fun training at AK through the years, but it just seems like with you guys over there and, and Dubai, it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. And Obviously, you're training hard. I've said this with multiple guys that we've had on the show with Abu Bakr and Tagir and Usman and Umar and everybody else, but it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun in between Training so hard as obviously the guys do. They train super super hard, but it seems like y'all got great chemistry and it, and it, it seems like the the camaraderie and the, the 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 fun is is there to at least pass some time.
1: It's uh, AKA 2.0.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. I'm uh, jealous.
1: Brotherhood. At AKA. Remember when we finish at AKA, everybody drives their own way. They go here, they go, there, yep. they go there, and then they come back for training. Here we go together as a team. We get the, the cars all lined up. They, they, we we get in our cars. We finish training. We come back to the hotel room. We finish back. We get back on the cars and we go. And then we do things together because we're told to stick with amongst each other. And these guys, that's what they do anyway. That's anyways. what they do, yeah. So this is 100% in my opinion uh, the best family, real family fight team I've ever encountered in my life. And, and AKA, it's it's great, but not like this because these people have their own lives. They don't live together. They're not in the same vicinity. Everybody's come from different parts of the world over there. These guys grew up together, so it is definitely more of a bond than I could ever expect to have had the privilege of coaching such such great athletes that were from little ten year olds, you know, up to now.
0: Yeah, and you kind of just answered this, but I mean, I was kind of an introvert when like when I was trained with AKA, and like I've always been kind of that way. Even now at AK Thailand, I, I never hang out with a lot of the people there. I just go do my thing, go home hang out with my friends when I can mostly work a lot. Um, and I know DC always giving me a hard time cause I never go to events and never go to and do things. How, how much difference is that when it, when it's such a family oriented team where like, you know, I would, I would go to training I'd go home, I'd come to certain events and then go home and just kind of always just kind of be by myself a lot more than I wish I had of. Um, but how much difference is it when, when it is so family-oriented and, like, everything you do, you go to training and then there's that. And then instead of going home, now you're all going to dinner. And now you're all going to hang out in each other's hotel rooms. And now you're all going to play in basketball. It changes everything, right? Like, it's, it's, it changes the yeah. family dynamic completely.
1: Yeah. It, it it just bonds you beyond bonding. It, yeah. it really does, because these guys, they, they, they'll go do everything together. They'll, they'll go, like you said, dinner, we'll go to the beach, we'll everybody go jet skiing, you know, they'll go horseback riding, they'll, they'll go bike riding, you know, I mean, everything's together, 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 you know, it's it's like one comes, one 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 comes, they all come. You know, and uh, yeah, and then we're going boat row, a boat ride. I ride we went on a boat ride for six hours. All of us went together on a boat. There was twenty That's something awesome. of us. It wasn't <laughs> one of us that did not uh, go on that boat ride. And it was an it was an unbelievable experience. You know, the bonding that these guys have, uh, that me bonding with the respect level, the respect level these guys have for their coaches, is, is it's second to none, man. It's second to none. It's just real. It's legit because they do that with their elders. Yeah. their elders are the most respected. And therefore, since I'm the coach, I'm the most respected, you know, they it's a hierarchy, you know, they, right. the higher you are, the more respect you get. But everybody gets respect. It's just the higher you are, the more a priority. Like I'll be coming down and if they're sitting down on, on a couch and I come down, they'll, the younger one will get up. Who's ever the younger one will get up or both of them will get up and they insist that I sit, even though I don't want to sit. They make me sit they will take my bag. I, I can't even take my own bag. They yeah. will not let me take my own bag. I get preference to the front seat. If everybody is in uh, the front seat and I come around, the person who's in the front seat will get out of that front seat. Even <laughs> Habib will get out of the front seat, give me the front seat, and Habib will go in the back and pack himself in the car. That's the kind of respect wow. that they have for their elders and their coaches.
0: Wow, that's crazy. But that, that's yeah, that just shows their, their class, you know, and like their respect for each other. I think that's great. You know, uh, Dana White has said, uh, you know, because he was real close with Conor when Conor was on the rise and when he was fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather and they had that whole big ride together. He's had the ride with Conor the whole time. I mean, he said that was one of the greatest experiences of his life taking that ride with Connor. What has it been like for you taking that ride with Habib? Considering you've built champions, you've built stars, but it's, it's nothing compared to the ride you've had with someone like Habib. How has that ride been for you? Just just memory's sake, not, not necessarily fun's sake and and things that you've done and, and experiences, but how has that ride been?
1: Unbelievable, meeting all these powerful people that I met because of him.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's And the respect level they have for me because I'm his coach, it's incredible. I met some extremely powerful people, and and uh, the things that they do for us, the, the welcoming that they give us because of Habib, going to Uzbekistan, and, I, and at the airport, I have a, a whole bunch of people there greeting me, singing to me, and songs, and blah, blah, blah. I, go, I go to Dagestan, the same thing. I go I go to Russia, the same thing. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I never, I mean, you thought you were some major celebrity, you yeah. know, when you're going to those parts, and it's because of all Habib. So, yeah, you're correct. I've never had that. The fighters get that, but I never got that. Never?
0: Yeah, no, I know that. And You never really wanted it. I know. I remember in the past you weren't no. like a fame chaser or anything, and it's cool this to see that you're getting this now, even though you're not like looking for it, but it's cool to see that you're getting it. When I see your photos with like all these important people and doing all these crazy things, and it must feel great to to meet such famous and important people but actually be respected by them not just like oh hey you're with habib okay come join us it's like they respect you and they and they and they treat you with like respect like you are a star yeah. and and it's yeah. huge people I'm, I'm seeing you with like yeah. <laughs> like sheiks and stuff it's like crazy yeah yeah these
1: guys listen man for them you'd now, i've never met so many billionaire guys that, that treat me like, I, like, they're serving me. They literally, I'm not joking. They're literally serving me, and they, they take pleasure in knowing that I'm comfortable and they're taking care of me. And they do such an unbelievable job. It's I'm not like looking at these guys like, I should be doing that for you. But no, they're doing it for me because that's their custom, and that's what they do. They don't look at money like everybody else does. They look at everybody's a human being, but, but the status is not based on your money. It's based on an accomplishments, and, and if you've got a pure heart, they, they love that and and they see they see right through you if you're this ambitious guy and you're trying to do this and live that and try to get over them, it ain't going to happen these people they understand they understand that too well but if you got a pure heart and, and there's no bad intent on you they they give you the world man they give you everything they're the hearts they're, these people are super super loving people super caring but don't don't mistake that weakness as, 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 as uh don't mistake that kindness I'm sorry as a weakness because right. these people are super strong they're not yeah, weak at all absolutely. just because they serve you and they take care of you they, they are super strong if you 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 mess up with them and you're one of these bad people you're gonna see how bad these people can be yeah, because for they're, sure. they're, they're not stupid yeah. they're just very kind people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing watching. I'm, I'm living vicariously through you. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, that we've had – I feel like I've had such a fun career and such an exciting career, even though I was never, like, a huge star or a huge champion. But, like, watching your level now, and it's still you, like the same guy that was helping me and training me, to watch you live this separate life is just so cool and so exciting. And, like, I, I love watching the updates and everything. Um, getting back to you as on more the coaching level – what is, what is one of the biggest things that you, not to be specific and strategic, but what is one of the biggest things, what, what is one of the biggest advices you give to Habib either in between rounds or before fights that's the, 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 the just kind of standard? The, 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 well,
1: the number one thing I always uh, instill in Habib is father's plan. Yeah, I always course. say, don't you ever forget what made you who you are. Right. It's not Javier that comes in and makes you this good striker. Yes, I made him a better striker. Yes, he's a hell of a striker. Yes, he can stand with anybody in the world. He can. And he can potentially beat anybody in the world in striking, too. But that's not what made him a champion. What made him a champion is father's plan. And I never want him to ever forget that, ever. And and, and I believe he's the best in the world at that. And I drive that home every single time with him. We make, we're getting better everywhere, bro. We're getting better with everything. Everything he's doing, we're getting better. But I never, ever, ever want to switch him from the grappler base that his father worked his whole life to make to a Javier Mendez prototype. No, no. He, he's a father's plan prototype, and it'll, it'll stay with him for the rest of his fighting career. As, as long as I have anything to say about it, he's going to stay that way. And, and that's what I, I work with him on.
0: So you just kind of wrap the training around that, improving or, or, or at least extending the father's plan, and then, uh, and then just reminding him of that before the fights and yeah. in-between rounds so that he stays yes. focused on, yeah. on what he needs to do.
1: Focus on, on his plan, making sure the punches are correct, making sure the keys, the kicks are correct, make sure the foot is correct, the balance is correct, make sure everything's correct, but nothing nothing that I say is to remain standing, never, never to stand. It's always look the avenue for the takedown. Uh, use the punches, use the kicks, use the, the defense for the takedown. That's what we work on continuously. And that's why, in my opinion, he's such a master at taking everybody down, regardless of... The level of wrestling that you have, he takes everybody down. When when he was at our gym, he was taking down division one wrestlers, champions, uh, the national champions. He was taking them down. Why? Because of the level of, of proficiency in MMA that he has. Can he do it in, in, in pure wrestling? I don't know. I never watched his wrestling, but in MMA wrestling, he's a different beast. You know, pure yeah. wrestling. He's never. He's not a pure wrestler. He, he so so as a pure wrestler, how well does Habib do? I don't know. I never watched him. You know, but in MMA. He can take anybody down. I don't care who you are, Olympic, gold medal, whatever. In MMA, it has to be MMA. It can't be pure wrestling, because that's, that's that's an area I'm not an expert on, you know? Right. MMA, I am. And he will take anybody down in MMA. I don't care who you are, I don't care what your credentials are. You fight MMA when he can punch, punch kick, and, and, and whatever, you, he, you're you going down. You're going down. I don't care how, how, how great you are as a wrestler, going down.
0: I'm 100% in belief of that, from training with him and seeing him train. It's just a different, it's a different thing until you feel it, you don't understand. All right, guys, I got to thank our sponsors really fast. First, we have Fit Row by Habib. Protein bars, protein snacks, protein cookies. Um, they have the best ingredients. Anything by Habib is amazing. Uh, his whole team, his whole family is behind it. He's a part of the company, and they have the best product. From processing to ingredients, it, it, everything is great. Just go to fitrow.com, and that's F-I-T-R-O-O, fitro.com, and it's Fit Row by Habib. Our next sponsor is Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast, the best below-the-waist trimmer and product on the market, and now you can save 20% by entering code QUICK at checkout at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Enter code QUICK, 20% discount, and free shipping, and that'll let them know that I sent you, which means I'm doing my job, right? You're supporting the podcast, you're supporting Manscaped, and you're getting the best product. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. You can go to akthailand.com and get all the information or Instagram. You can actually go to akthailand.com right now and save 30% on pre-book training. That's a third off the cost of all group training. Uh, You can also email us at info at akthailand.com if you have any questions. We can help you get a 6-month or a 12-month visa considering we are a school. We can enroll you in our Muay Thai program so you don't have to worry about leaving the country, coming back, or anything like that. So go to akthailand.com, info at akthailand.com, and I'll see you soon. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. Um, A lot of people were wanting to know about Gaethje saying how he's going to sprawl out of Habib's takedowns, not be against the cage and turn the fight into a train wreck and and he's more crazy than habib and he's going to make him bleed his own blood and his goal is to beat him into submission and and a couple questions here is going to be obviously i i'm I'm assured that or i assume that you think that there's no way he's going to be able to sprawl out of every one of habib's takedowns uh number two is it even possible that Habib would, would submit from punishment? I I don't see he would ever submit from punishment. Like I mean I, and, and the craziness is I think that's a default. I think the craziness is what gets you in trouble, not what gets you wins. You know, I mean we're we're talking about a guy that's lost two fights too. So I mean he he's obviously been crazy and, and made mistakes. Habib is a calculated fighter.
1: He's got a he's got a really good coach. His coach will put him in line, his coach won't let him come out and do that, because his coach knows that's suicide. He ain't coming like that. His coach has got him dialed in. He's got a good coach. He's going to dial him in. He's going to straighten him out, just like he did last time when he was going to do his thing. And he, and he goes, just remember what happened last time. All he got to say is remember what happened last time. Gage is going to come out and fight very intelligent, very smart. Because yeah. if he fights like I'm saying, I don't believe that for one minute. Because if I'm working with him, there's no way in hell I would let him fight like that. Because that, that's the sure way to lose that bout. The sure way. No. So I don't believe he's gonna do that. So so his coach is gonna straighten him out, and he's not gonna let him come out and do that. He's gonna to attempt to do all those things. Can it be successful? I'm thinking not. But but you know what? Maybe. So we may have to fight. You know. You know, like I've always told you, we got A, B, C plan. So you got the A plan, you got B plan, then you got C, which whatever the hell it is, you need to do to win that fight. Yeah. So Habib's got this my A, B, C plan. So so he's his fight IQ is very high. Habib fight IQ is very high. So he'll know how to fight according to what Justin does. and uh, But I'm not expecting Justin to come out like his normal self. I'm expecting him to come out smart, intelligent, like he did with Tony. Really, really intelligent. Really, really smart. Picking his shot, Staying relaxed. And uh, that's what I see from him. Uh, I see that from him. And, and that's going to give us our toughest challenge. If he comes out reckless like, he, like he's stating, then that's going to make it easier for us. You know, so, I mean, you know, if, I, if I'm his coach, I say, hey, what do you want to do? You want to make it easy for them or you make it harder? Well, if you want to make it harder, then fight the way your coach tells you to fight you. Yeah. And that's, I believe, what he's going to do because this is a giant momentum opportunity for him. And if he fights like I think he can fight, he'll be our toughest challenge for sure. If he doesn't, he will not. Right now, I say are our, our toughest challenge ever. But uh, Justin could very well prove me wrong by becoming almost impossible to take down. And that will make me 100% wrong. And that could happen. He could be that good, you know? He could be, or he could not. But we'll find out, right? We'll find out. I can't give him that that spot until, let's see, if he can stop the takedown, we got to fight.
0: Yeah, I'm 100% in with you. And, like, when I've always said that I think Justin was the toughest fight is because of those strikes, but it doesn't mean his style and what he says and how he says he's going to fight and stuff like that. It's just anybody can lose by a strike. That's what the sport's about. And so, of course, if you're going to say, how can Khabib lose a fight – a punch. I mean, that's how anybody can lose a fight. So of course anybody can eat a punch. And and Justin Gage is the kind of guy that delivers punches. Um, there's just a lot more in factors books. that go into that. You know, when you get taken down and beat up, your you know, your level of conditioning and mentality and panic sets in, it changes the whole dynamic. And that's why those punches seem to get a little bit weaker. They seem to get a little slower. They seem to get and like I said before, I'm not trying to give anything away. I'm not any part of his camp, so I don't want to give anything away of what y'all guys are doing. But it's like the the difference is I know and as far as people leaving questions about that they want to know about 50 percent of people say that uh habib doesn't have great stand-up and he's unorthodox and he uses weird stand-up 50 percent of people are coming on to the fact that he has really good stand-up and that he's he's just not using it as much because what you guys are saying and i know he has good stand-up so it's like it's not like if they went to blows we've seen justin take a lot of punches to give punches i mean so it's not to say that Habib can't land punches on on Justin either, and that's what makes this fight so incredibly interesting because it, it, you know it, it, anything can happen.
1: Yeah, and yeah, the thing is, because remember, 2018 he stood with Connor. Yeah, one whole round, he, he put him, him down. Whole round, he didn't go, he didn't even he want to take him down. He stood with him, yeah. and you know what? That was a questionable round. Uh, I, I thought. He lost, but it was so questionable. I can see other people thinking he won that round. Well, he's better as a striker now than he was then. Yep. And confidence-wise. So he's a better striker now. So, you know, those people that are thinking he can't strike, keep thinking that. Go ahead. Keep thinking that. Because this boys just keep getting better and better and better. You know, and, and the 50 percent that know that they're obviously paying attention and they know what they're talking about. The other ones are just trying to believe that he's just a one dimensional, uh, yeah, you know, ground and pound guy <laughs> with father's plan. No, he's not. He's everything. He's, he's well-rounded in stronger. every area. He just he just I never want him to fight outside of father's plan. Everything is, is, is to get to father's plan. But that doesn't mean that if he can't take somebody down, he can't strike with them. I, I mean, I watch it all the time in the gym where he stands with everybody and beats everybody on the stand-up. Yeah. You know, he doesn't ever do sparring sessions, bro, never. So even just stand-up, if he wants to stand, everybody I've ever put him in front of me, and these guys are guys that have got great records and good fighters, some yeah. of the best fighters in the world, and he beats them on stand-up, yeah. just stand-up. Yeah. So when I hear stuff like that, okay, then you obviously, they don't have the the, the luxury of being cage side in training yeah. where I'm there and instructing them so if they had that luxury then they wouldn't be talking like that they'd be saying well you know if, if Gagey cannot uh, uh, prevent Habib from taking him down he's in trouble he's yeah. in trouble hands down if he can prevent the takedown which he could it's possible we got to fight in our hand because I already know Habib is going to be able to stand with that. 100% do I want that? hell no it's like I, I, I'd be the stupid it's coach if risk, I want that. Yeah. And I'm not a stupid coach. That ain't going to happen. Uh, and I'm going to scream my head off if I see him continue to stand with such a dangerous striker. And, and, I mean, that guy, I mean, come on, man. Gagey, how many performances of the nights has he gotten and how many fights? He's got more bonuses than he does fights in the UFC. Why? Because he's a highlight reel like everybody talks. The guy, he comes out and he gives it, man. And, and he's gotten better, a lot better. And I expect a better Gagey than I've ever seen before.
0: Absolutely. He's definitely going to be. And they sell the fight in the fact that, you know, Gaichi, you know, Habib is a guy who's taken every opponent down and mauled him. And Gaichi is a guy who's never been taken down and mauled. But the situation is, he's also never fought Habib. So it's a, it's a big difference. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a big difference of not getting grounded and mauled by guys that are strikers and wrestlers and mid level guys or, or, you know, or, or, or good at one thing's particular. And then fighting a guy who is an expert at absolutely mauling people. So it's. You know, it's a little bit one-sided, but it's like, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it happens because I, even if he misses a takedown, even if, if, if Justin sprawls, in my personal opinion, the difference is going to be that Habib's not going to stop. That's the difference. Habib doesn't stop, and he's not going to stop and, and back up in striking range. He is going to just continue, 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 and eventually, I just can't see anybody stopping every one of his takedowns, you know, like if, if he just continues like that, and we'll see what happens, but it, it's just, it, he just doesn't stop.
1: Well, Justin has uh, made uh, comments in the sense that he, he wrestles with Jordan Burroughs, and who's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time from the U.S. You know, and uh, he can't take him down, and 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 I probably agree with that with yeah. his statement. It's probably true. But the thing is, Jordan Burroughs is not an MMA fighter. He's, he's he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But that doesn't make him a great MMA fighter. You know, it's a whole different ball game when right. you got someone that's punching and kicking at you and going to throw elbow down your face. You know, it's a whole different story. He's not playing the wrestling game. You know, and one thing that Justin hasn't been doing is he hasn't been fighting uh, anybody uh, that's going to try to take him to the ground as much as Habib will. He has right. not. So, and I know he's preparing for that now because if they're 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 thinking not, that's pretty unwise of them. But he's preparing for that. But he's sure. never had ring wars doing that you never had them yeah so the best option i feel is everybody knows and they know they're coming for the low kick they're coming for the low calf kick, kick because that's sure. going to slow you down and that's their that's their bread and butter you know uh, the second one will be the catch Habib, you know with a good shot which anybody could do but it's the low calf kick that, that's the that's going to be the number one thing they're going to work on because that, that that's what i feel everybody's going to now these days this the most effective you know and he's definitely coming to that and You know as well as I know that he's one of the best kickers ever, you know, I think he is, you know, low kick, low kick, not kickers like above the waist, but low kick. He's the best low kick ever MMA fighter, top level uh, MMA fighter I've ever seen. So he's coming with that weapon. Why? Why would he not come with that weapon? That's what he does.
0: It's interesting you said that because that's that's probably the second biggest question people had I was going to bring up and I completely forgot until now, but uh, I was I was going to bring that up too. Um, people were concerned about the sprawling and not going to the cage. And the, the second thing they were concerned about was the kicks. How was Habib going to handle those kicks? And, and he's going to be ready for him. And of course he is. And you guys are training for it, just like he's training to do the kicks. And of course, I agree with you. That's going to be a factor. He's definitely going to come in and try and bring those kicks. I personally would never, I mean, I'm not as good at Gaethje as kicking, but that wouldn't be my plan because that that just takes away my balance even more. And I'm more susceptible to getting taken down. But for him, you know, he's good at timing and, and all that. And it might work out for him to land a few kicks or whatever. But that, that was the other thing that people were concerned about was those kicks because they know he's going to bring them.
1: They're real. Those kicks are real, yeah. and and they should be a concern. And anybody that's that's looking to fight with him better pay attention to that part of his uh, weapon because it's a huge weapon. And uh, he he throws nice power from right to left side. The way he throws it is really nice. So so you can't keep your hands down very much with this guy because as you're moving out, that, that punch's coming. You know, and it goes great down the middle. I mean, the guy the guy is really outside of. He fights reckless when he when he's held down and fought properly. He fights really well, really yeah. really well. And you know, I, I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. He hasn't said nothing bad, no bad intentions no, he's on a both good guy sides. For sure. you know? So this is one of the fights where I think it's mutual respect. You know, it's just who's the best guy that night, and uh, and that's what I think this is more about than anything. There's no personal anything on this fight whatsoever. But it but it's a challenge. Because can we avoid the kicking game? Can we take him down? Can he avoid us from taking him down? And can he survive the ground if he gets taken down? Because if he's taken down, then it's about survival, you know. And and being that he's never been to the ground very much, so he hasn't fought as much on the ground, this whole camp I think he's fighting probably a lot off the ground. He'd have to. He'd be foolish not to, you know. And anybody that's a good coach is working with all these areas. And his coach is a good coach, so he's doing all those things necessary. You know, so he's going to come well-prepared in all areas, just like we are. But can we prevent the kicks? Can we prevent him from landing a shot? Well, we're working on it. Only thing we'll tell is let the fight happen. That's what
0: makes If we
1: If we get it right, we got it right. If we don't, then, you know, we'll see what happens. But I I feel that every time with Habib, he won't lose. He'll never lose. That's the way I feel about him. He just won't lose. Might be the toughest uh, fight of his career. That could very well be it. But he ain't going to lose. He's not going to lose. He's going to go out there and and destroy, and like he always does. He may have a tougher time than anybody, but he's still going to persevere. He's still going to go through this, and and he's going to win. And and don't sleep on his punches. Don't sleep on his kicking. Don't sleep on his striking. That's a foolish thing to do. This man has been involved with me since uh, 2012. Uh, Look at his back then, 2012, how he looked. (laughs) Look at him now. Every time he's improved, I tell people all the time, don't judge him. On the past, judge him on the present, and don't judge him on 2018. Don't judge him against Dustin. You have to go into the gym now, watch him train, yeah. judge him now, and that's what people don't realize. Is like I tell people all the time: this guy improves all the time because he doesn't spend time with other coaches on the striking end. He only spends time with me. The vast, almost all of the time he spent has been with me. So I'm the one that teaches him everything he's got. Pretty much, not everything, but a vast majority of his stand-up is is done through me and the way he thinks about fighting is through me and his father.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you 100%, and to make this more exciting for the fans that don't take this into consideration because they just assume Gaethje's a, a better striker because he's so wild, he throws so many punches and all that, um, not only is Habib such a great technical striker in a sense of like, I know you have him, I'm sure you have him sparring guys just striking only and he's holding his own and doing better and winning those those matches as well. But the difference is, is like Habib is a different type of striker. When you're so good on the ground and you have people so panicked about getting taken down and when you feel that grip strength and you feel that takedown and that inability of balancing yourself and getting thrown to the ground so easily and positioned so easily, that adds a different element to your mindset and Habib is an expert at placing those strikes in between those takedowns and in between those scrambles, whereas that's how he got uh, Connor. You know what I mean? It's not like he went out there and boxed Connor like Mayweather and just outboxed him. No, no. He caught him because was mind was thinking about takedowns and was thinking about all this other stuff. He's an expert at that. So you're talking about an expert car wreck, just absolute rock'em sock 'em robot bashing machine, and then you're talking about a guy who can place his shots at any given time you know, while doing takedowns, after takedowns, missing takedowns, getting takedowns, it's a whole different dynamic. So if this fight turns into a striking match, it is still a freaking interesting fight.
1: Let's put it this way. Let me just equate this. Forget Justin. Let's just use Jordan Burroughs. Let's say Habib wrestles with Jordan Burroughs. He's not taking Jordan Burroughs down wrestling. I don't think it's going to happen. I seriously doubt that will happen. I seriously doubt that will happen. Just takedown for takedown. Now, let's add another equation to it. Let's make it MMA. Jordan Burrell's going down. Yeah, He's going down. He is going down. No ifs, no buts. He's going down. He ain't going to be able to stop it. There's not a goddamn thing he can do about it. Because if he tries to stop it, he's getting punched out. And he can't stop it. He won't be able to stop it.
0: While he's defending the takedown, he's going to get smashed.
1: So for those of you guys that are thinking, oh, this and that, this and that. Well, I seriously doubt. And I know I'm correct. Put the greatest wrestler at that way against him and he tries to just wrestle Habib and Habib does MMA with him. It's yeah. not gonna happen. It's a train wreck.
0: He yeah. will get smashed. You can't block the punches and the takedowns at the same time.
1: No. It's impossible. No, that's what people that's what that's the thing that that's people the that, dynamic. So I use that equation. So people will go, got it, got it. So again, the opposite. Now you got Jordan Burroughs taking you down, but he doesn't know how to punch. He doesn't know how to kick proficiently. So all you gotta worry about him is his shot. So if you're good, like Justin is, he can prevent that. But what if Jordan can punch like, like a Muhammad Ali or a Mike Tyson? Not try it with Jordan. I'll try to stop his takedown. You ain't going to stop shit. You're yeah. going to walk right through you, man. Walk yeah. right through you. Because not only that, if he does walk through, he's going to knock your ass out. So yeah. take your choice. If yeah. that guy's that talented, you're going to get it.
0: Yeah, and all this being said, you know, I'm still 100% that I think Habib could be the first fighter to 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 retire undefeated. But that being said, I'm going to say this is going to be an interesting fight, and we are going to see so many different elements, I think, in this fight that we haven't been able to see, and much respect to Justin Gaethje. And, yes, he does have a chance to win the fight, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it is going to be an absolute – it's going to be one of those interesting fights Habib's ever had because of the fact – Justin can 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 defend some of those takedowns and it's going to change the dynamic and we're going to see a different side of Habib and a different side of Justin all at the same time and we saw Justin make leaps and bounds against Tony Ferguson so I'm sure he's going to be ready to make leaps and bounds against Habib as well so I think it's going to be a hell of a fight and I feel I feel bad for your nervousness in the corner until this thing is over because I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be a sweaty fight for those first few minutes
1: I you know I'm definitely going to be nervous <laughs> for sure I'm going to be nervous he's, he's uh... He's, he's probably, if he's not the most credible, uh, most dangerous opponent, he's the second most, and, and uh, I'm still putting Connor there, but he could very well be the most dangerous. So even then, you're still neck to neck. There's neck to neck.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: this guy, he, he's he's messed up. He's paid the price, two losses for being not the smartest guy out there in the fight game, you know, blood and guts, you know, and then he corrected that, you know, and look what he's done. He's destroyed people, and if he stays on track the way he is right now and he fights, if he fights smart, which I'm expecting him to fight, very smart like he fought Tony, we got to fight. It's a fight. Yeah, It's a fight. Because he's going to fight smart. It's no easy, not, not going to be easy for us whatsoever. No way in hell is it going to be easy. If we get taken down once, we're going to take him down twice, and we'll see what happens if he can get up once or twice. He'll get up once, I believe. He may even better get up twice, but after the second time he gets up, He's, he's spent a lot of time there, yeah. and then once once Habib's got you figured out, you're going down. It's yeah. just going to happen.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you another question, just moving on, since we've talked so much about this. Um, you being a coach, I'm going to ask Habib this when I talk to him, but you being a coach, how? and I know from the old days how it was when I used to fight, from my perspective as a fighter, how is it for you having so many guys on the same night, being that you're going to have uh, Omar, you're going to have Islam, you're going to have Habib. All back-to-back, not back-to-back necessarily fight for fight, but pretty much back-to-back throughout the night. How tough is that for you as a coach uh, to have to deal with that all in the same night? So many guys that you train.
1: It's not so tough. Last time we were here, we had Zubaira, we had Islam, and we had Habib. So we had three the same. That wasn't tough at all because there was other, other coaches that were in charge of handling them. So it was easy. It will be easy again, but unfortunately, uh, one thing I did notice—I just before I got on there with you—I just noticed in MMA fighting, it said that Islam will not have an opponent, you know. And I don't know if that's true. Uh, so his fight might be canceled. Right now. Yeah, shit. yeah, they said that his fight is off the table. And uh, I'm Holy after shit. I'm done with your interview, I'm gonna check up on that to see because I just read it right now. Wow. With, before I got on you, and I'm like, I just said the the good almighty F word. You know, that's what came out of shit. me because he know. is looking so good. That guy is a perfectionist. He's good everywhere, mental, physical, uh, and you know. And I can understand why people don't want to fight Islam because he's number one. He's probably eleventh or twelfth in the ranking. So nobody in the top ten wants to risk their ranking to fight a guy that's not even in the top ten. I get it on short notice, and it's not even a main event. I mean, anybody who wants to fight Islam that's in the top ten wants to be a main event. Yeah. Any manager that's worth his gold mm-hmm. is not going to want to touch him. So I figure the only people that can probably fight is people on short notice. Like people that are brand new into the UFC that never had the other opportunities, they'll come and take them. But, I, man, I don't think they've been able to get anybody. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with COVID, too. COVID uh, changed the dynamics of this, too, because people have to be in quarantine a certain amount of time. And if you pass that time, then it's kind of hard to get an opponent. So COVID has a lot to do with uh, Islam not being able to get a fight. I'm assuming that. I'm pretty sure I'm correct okay. that COVID has a lot to do with it. And the other factor is he's just that damn good.
0: Oh man, yeah, I know. I was looking forward to that podcast coming up next, actually. So we'll see what happens, and and we'll follow the news after this podcast, and just see what what the situation is. I figured the UFC is so good at getting opponents, I figured that somebody would jump in and they would get it. But with this COVID thing being in Abu Dhabi, I can see how that possibly might not happen.
1: The UFC hands are tied, bro. I, I believe yeah. they're the best at getting you know, a backup fight. I've never seen any organization uh, do a great job like they do at getting replacement and have. And then also, let's face it. They're the biggest organization, so they have the most amount of fighters. So they they, not only are they great at it, but they also have the bigger bigger category to choose from. You know, other organizations don't even have a quarter of what they have, so they don't have the same luxury, you know, that that they do. I don't know, like say let's say Bellator. You know, I don't think Bellator can uh, replicate that. I'm sure Bellator would do the same if they had the same amount of. Of resources, but they don't because they don't have as many uh, signed athletes. I think the UFC has got like 600 plus, you know, and I don't think any other organization even has 200, you know. Right. I'm, I'm guessing, but assuming that, and I bet you I'm pretty correct. You know, yeah. I bet you I'm pretty correct. The UFC is like, it just blows everybody away in the amount of, uh, of fighters that they have. But also, they have more shows. They have double the shows anybody has, or triple the shows.
0: Yeah, they're killing it. Right so now. they.
1: Yeah, they have a big, a bigger, a bigger army to, to choose from, and all these other people don't have an army, so that's why they're so good at being able to fill the spot. But again, the COVID situation, Islam being that good, I think those two factors uh, are played a big part in why he couldn't get matched.
0: Okay, well, a couple more quick questions, and I'll let you get back to. Uh, I know you're going to go try to find out what's going on with, with Islam and everything. Um, who is the like not necessarily obviously the the most promising but who is a lot of people want to know who is the most aggressive of the Dagestan crew that you train right now who is the most aggressive killer wanting to just end the fight as fast as possible I know who you're gonna say but
1: <laughs> there's only one who he's, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's the most he's the Luke Rockhold he's the Luke Rockhold of Dagestan that guy yeah he is so gifted man I mean the other day he did like 33 pull-ups
0: damn that's a lot
1: Thirty-three. i said hey how many pull-ups can you do he goes i don't know coach he started doing pull-ups and i'm going oh god <laughs> 33
0: it's hard to even count i'm like
1: <laughs> yeah he's very very athletic very tall uh good kicker good puncher hard to take down um dude he's the whole package young 22 years old good looking i mean good built i mean this kid is a superstar superstar yeah. you know not now, will be. Yeah. You just got to build him up properly. He's got to get the right fights. He's not a superstar today. He can't fight the best of the best now, but he will be able to fight the best of the best, and he will beat the best of the best with time. Three, four, five years from now, he, everybody will be talking about this kid.
0: Absolutely. And what's your best advice to fighters coming up right now, being uh, from your coaching perspective, what's your best advice that they should focus on more than anything else to try and be a successful fighter? Because we got these fighters, especially here in Thailand, they're just jumping from gym to gym you know they don't have loyalty to anything and they, they they're always looking for the greener grass they're not settling down you know their, their mind's not in the right place and then we, we catch them partying sometimes when they should be training nothing like what we used to do with AK you know so what's your best advice just overall what what is the mindset what should it be for these young fighters if they really want to make it in the UFC and build all the, all the big organizations and be a champion one day
1: if, if you know, not everybody can be a champion, but if they really want to fulfill the greatest potential that they have, then they need to follow the rules of like in chess, right? If you learn chess game, right, you got to learn how to work the palms, uh, you know, the pawns, right? You got to learn how to work the king, the queen, the bishop, the rook, the knight, you know, you have to learn every piece, so therefore. In the martial arts part of MMA, you have to learn all those pieces. And then you have, to, you have to strategize mentally on the game plan. You have to use your mind, right? You have to use your mind. And so you can't be sick. You can't be this. You can't play successful in chess if you've got any of those things coming your way. And you have to stay relaxed. You can't stay too amped up. Because if you go amped up, what happens? You make a wrong move checkmate. It's the same thing. You know, it's the same uh, application that you would do in the chess game. You have to do a, apply that to MMA. And it's not boxing, not the same principle, because in boxing, there's only one art. So it's like checkers for me. Boxing is like the sweet science of checkers, and MMA is the sweet science of chess. Yeah. You know, and not science yet, but, it's, but you better learn how to play chess, and you better learn how to take care of your body because you only have one temple. Without that temple without the proper sleep, without the hygiene, taking care of making all your vitamins all right. I mean, if COVID doesn't teach you how to take care of yourself, then I don't know what will. Think about this. All the fighters that have gotten COVID, they're in such good shape. Rarely any of them have had any problem beating it. One, two days. Daniel Cormier gets COVID one day, really, could come back the next day. He was contagious, so he stayed away, but, but he was one day, really. And most of the fighters in my gym, they got it. But it was like one two days. That's it. You know, they they weren't uh, they. You know, because they're in good health. You know, if you're not in good health, uh, then guess what? You can't perform. So use COVID as an ex- as a reason why you need to take care of your body. And if you're a fighter, if you get COVID, if you're in good health, you, you you'll destroy it. No problem. But if you're not in good health, what happens? You got potentially life threatening problems.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So take care of your body. Stay focused. Train hard.
1: Yeah, I could have said it easier that way.
0: <laughs> Why well, side to summarize what you said? That's all. And then last thing, because you're, you're obviously one of the best striking coaches in the world. What did you think about, what was your breakdown of the Stylebender-Costa fight? And not only how good his strikes were and how he placed them, but how well he shut down Costa from coming in and doing what Costa does. Everyone thinks Costa didn't fight his game plan. But Stylebender stopped it, in my opinion. I mean, he stopped it. What did you think?
1: Uh, I could tell you what I thought from watching the video of the training sessions. I thought Costa was too slow. He looked very slow, very okay. powerful, very slow. And I just said, man, Israel's going to tear him apart. He's going to tear him apart. And I looked at uh, Joel Romero, who, who is the greatest wrestler, I believe, in the, in the MMA, even though he doesn't use it like he could. He did try to take Israel down, and he couldn't. So I'm thinking to myself, how the hell is Costa going to take Israel down? He's such a precision striker. He's got cat-like reflexes. He's got almost 100 or so kickboxing matches with what one or two losses come on dude the guy's got the confidence he's got everything that you would want he acts proper he he, i mean i'm a big fan of his a big fan of his so i was not surprised uh of the mastery that he did Uh, i predicted that he would do that because he is too fast to precision like striking you know the uh, costa is a great fighter and and it's still gonna improve but i don't know how you're gonna unless you can't take israel down How are you going to outstrike him? No, I don't think so. It ain't going to happen. You can have that one shot, you know. But if he comes in and tears your calf apart, well, he immobilizes you. Then what? (laughs) you got so much pain. You're trying to advance on a a striker like him? Good luck. Ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. When I had Frank Shamrock way back in the day, you know, back in 97, you know, 96, 97, I think it was 97. Uh, I uh, first time I put on the gloves with Frank, it was just kickboxing. It was just a kickboxing match, right? It was so easy to, to play with him. It was like, because he was so afraid of what I was going to do to him. And I didn't fear him whatsoever. No matter what he did, he could never hurt me. Never, ever. Because he wasn't good enough back then, right? There's nothing he could do. Nothing he could do. So it was confidence galore for me. Well, can you imagine if I learned MMA and I learned the grappling and all of a sudden you try to stand with me? If you're not taking me to the ground, you're in trouble. Yeah, you are in trouble because I have way too much experience on the stand up and it's not going to happen. And I just use my experience of what happened to me as how things can progress. Uh, Like, for instance, when I went with Frank and we did MMA, then I couldn't strike with him like I wanted to because I was always fear of being taken down. And, and Frank didn't want to stand with me. He was looking to take me down. So I all of a sudden I went from this great striker to this mediocre striker that was running from him because I couldn't stand there because he was going to shoot in on me, and he right. did. He shot in quite a few times. He missed me. Regardless, I couldn't. I had no offense whatsoever. His his offense took away my offense because it was not equal. He wasn't trying to wrestle with. I mean, he wasn't trying to stand with. He was trying to wrestle with me, and I was trying to wrestle with him. I was trying to stand with him. So I learned that that right away real quick you know if you're going to play somebody's game you better learn their game
0: yeah cool well half thank you so much for taking the time out again as always and and giving such an in-depth podcast with so much information i'm sure everybody's going to appreciate that um i'm gonna try to get habib on here next if we can't get islam i know you're going to go find out right now what, what's happening with islam we'll stay in tune yeah. with that and by the time this post tomorrow everyone's probably going to know what the situation is but uh i think
1: they're going to. Uh... You look at MMA fighting, it's on MMA fighting and bloody elbow. Hey, one of those, bloody elbow MMA fighting, it's on there. So I think everybody's going to know by the time this comes out that this yeah. is fight. I hope I'm wrong and that somehow they find somebody. But yeah. From what I read, uh, MMA fighting said is, is out.
0: We'll have the fights on. We'll have Islam next. And if not, we'll have Habib. But thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your expertise. It's great watching you guys over in Abu Dhabi. and I'm sorry, Dubai. And then obviously next in Abu Dhabi. Um, and living vicariously through you guys. Like I said, it's been it's been awesome watching. I can't wait for the fight. It's going to be a, a crazy night of fights for the whole team. And uh, always great to have you on the show. And I'm sure we'll catch up right after.
1: You, you probably like that that uh, that gliding thing they did right on the top of that whatever you know what's funny i I did that one time yeah it's it's that's up your alley
0: it's the longest urban zip line in the world and and i saw them doing that and it's like it's crazy like you go for so you go over the whole city and, and you go over a bridge and the water and i did it when i was in dubai last time and it is it is crazy like it is insane
1: yeah yeah that was your uh that was up your alley dangerous <laughs> stuff That's us do a crazy swing uh, not me he ain't getting me to do that it's no, cool no they thanks. can do
0: it it's cool they can do it though
1: yeah yeah i mean that they, they enjoyed it you know but uh, coach huh no <laughs> no yeah. thank you
0: you should do nah, it Hav. they nah. have you strapped in
1: Nah, my heart's not strapped in <laughs> you
0: can swim right if most of the way like it's water if you fall you can just swim to <laughs> swim to the shore nah.
1: Uh, I can't
0: swim that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, have great talking to you. All
1: right,
0: buddy. Bye. All right. There we go. Javier Mendez, uh, great podcast, very informative. Unfortunately ended with some bad news. Um, I'm going to check into it. I haven't looked into it yet, but it looks like Islam might not have an opponent, which sucks. I know he's trained really hard. I've uh, been following with Javier and his training and his camp is going absolutely amazing. It's going to be really sad if he doesn't have an opponent. Um, you guys already know by now, by the time this podcast comes out, this is going to be 24 hours from now. Um, and we apparently we just found out from, from Javier looking on the internet. Um, but it was good to get inside of the camp and how everything's going. And who knows what can change. They can still find somebody who knows. Um, but if Islam doesn't have an opponent, we might not get that podcast squeezed in. Uh, and that was his next scheduled podcast. We'll just jump to Habib. We're planning right now to do Habib's podcast while he's in quarantine. Uh, which will be Sunday or Monday? Um, that'll be the easiest time for him. I want to make it the easiest for him, considering he has got such a tight schedule right now. He's training. He's doing a lot of obligations for uh, the UFC and for everything else. Is obviously a huge fight. So I figure if I can catch him in his quarantine, that'd be the best option. So we're gonna wait for that and see how that goes. If all goes as planned, he will be the next one. Unless Islam gets an opponent. If so, then we'll get Islam on here. Uh, the same, Sunday or Monday. Um, So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It's always great talking to Javier, a good friend of mine for many, 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 many years. Obviously, my head trainer during my career. It's great watching him in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai, you know, uh, hanging out with these guys and having a great time and coaching and finally getting the credit that he deserves. You know, he's been putting in a lot of time for a long time and getting no credit for it back in the old days, you know, and I'm glad to see that he's finally getting the credit he deserves and living this great life and enjoying these great things and i'm so happy for him i'm so happy for the team i'm so happy for everybody so hope you enjoyed the podcast Uh, if you're on youtube leave us a comment let us know what you think um since we do have a little bit of time before habib comes on if you have any last minute questions go ahead and leave them we've taken in a lot of your questions and we have all of them all the good ones written down Uh, we are going to try to get through all of them um i don't want to i don't want to Put too much on them, but but we will get all the important stuff answered. So if you have anything that's relevant, please leave it on this podcast. We still will have a couple of days after we post this before we talk to Habib. Um, and hope you enjoy the show. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Tell us what you think about uh, how it's going. Uh, the past podcast and who you'd like to see in the future. Who you want us to jump to next when we get done with the series? Uh, we got some great ideas and we're reaching out to some cool people. So we're gonna keep this going. Uh, full on right after uh, we talk to Habib and, and get this uh, UFC 254 out of the way. Uh, if you're on the audio platform, subscribe there as well or follow us or leave a comment on the reviews or whatever, whatever it is you do on the, the audio platforms. We appreciate all the support. Uh, we love to uh, give feedback to you guys and, and let you know we support uh, all your opinions, no matter what they are, whether they're good, whether they're critiques. Uh, We're just trying to share uh, these conversations that I'm enjoying like crazy having with my good friends, teammates, uh, acquaintances, and people that I don't even know that are in the sport that are just interesting and and, and in all realms of the world. Um, So I'm glad to share them with you. I'm glad you're enjoying them and we'll see you next time.